Welcome to the Parkview Church Training Podcast, where we equip you to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. Hello, Parkview. It's Thomas, uh, your friendly neighborhood community groups and equipping pastor. Uh, I am here with Doug Fern. Hey, guys. Will Fuelberth. Hello. And Wade Yurig. Hello, beloved Parkview. Hello. And uh, we happen to find ourselves at a preaching conference. We're out of town midweek, and uh, we thought we might just uh, spend a little bit of time thinking about you, of course, and uh, how we could help uh, make whole disciples. Whole disciples. Because that's what we're all about here at Parkview Church. All right. Uh, so we sort of put together a bunch of these little scenarios for how we help people grow in Christ, and we thought we'd run through one, who knows, maybe two, maybe more, maybe a hundred of them. It's already almost 11 p.m., but here we are. It's going to be fun. All right. Ready, guys? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I can tell, especially when you nod. That's helpful. Okay. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the people at home. All right. Ready? Katie has been a member of your group for over a year. During a particular meeting, the sermon passage leads to some good discussion about the place of the Bible in the Christian life. Katie shares that she knows she ought to be reading the Bible, but she doesn't really have time for it right now. How might you help Katie take the next step to grow in Christ in this particular area? And Doug, you had to know that I'm going to point to you first. Where might we just begin here? You have to repeat the question. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, no problem. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so Katie has been a member of <laughs> for over a year. Uh, she mentions that she knows she ought to be reading the Bible, but she just doesn't have time right now. Just can't find time to get into the Word. How might you help Katie grow in Christ in this particular area, take a next step to grow? Well, I think probably, uh, you know... I, there's obviously lots about the question I don't know, you know. So one, sure. one question I'd probably try to understand is in seasons of her life, what does that look like before? That's you know? a great question. So maybe start with times where she has uh, felt like she has had a, a regular sort of diet of Bible intake, and maybe start there. What does that What does that look like, and would that make sense now? You know, that's great. So maybe that's the first question I'd ask. Yes, right on. Uncover. That's right on. Absolutely. And uh, just highlighting one of the things I love about Doug, you, Doug, always quick to say, what do I not know about the situation? What do I, you know, before I assume that I know, you know, kind of what's going on here, let me get as much information as I can, uh, not hop on to into a situation, you know, kind of guns a blazing, ready to ready, shoot, aim. Is that how they say it? Um, I think that's a great question. Help me think about, you know, if you, in the mind of Katie, what does that question kind of do as she receives it? How, do, how is that? Because that, isn't that such a disarming question? Why is it? Yeah. Why is it such a disarming question? I guess any of you could answer that. but You're expressing curiosity. That's right. About her, and you're assuming the best. Mm -hmm. That there has been a time in which she's walked deeply yes. with the Lord in his word. And you would love to hear about that. Please, Katie, mm -hmm. tell me. So yeah. the posture is one of um, excitement at what the Lord is already doing in her life mm -hmm. instead of a uh, disgruntled, disappointed pastor mm -hmm. who is fed up with her lack mm -hmm. of obedience. That's right. 
I love that. It's sort of that it is assuming the best. It's mm-hmm. surely there's been a time when this hasn't been the case. Let's focus on that and assume that that's what's what's happened and not sort of immediately. Ah, I know the problem um, and figure it all out. Uh, where might you go from there? Or, or let me open it back up. Would anyone say, well, I might start at a different place or m- there might be another way to kind of open the, open the door differently there? Or I might ask it, uh, if that's a good way to open, what, what might be a bad way to open that up that conversation? Keep, keeping in mind, Katie has not said, hey, I could use some help here. Mm-hmm. Katie has just said, this is not a priority for me right now yeah. or whatever. You know, it's just, I don't have time for it. What would be a bad way to jump into that? I think it would be wrong to expect her Bible time to suddenly look like either whatever you're doing right now or to just hand her a prescribed plan of like, hey, you have to read this many chapters every day. Mm-hmm. I think it would be wrong to assume that she's in a place where you could, I think that would just create feelings of shame if she's unable to fulfill those expectations and it would not allow for um yeah, cultivating a plan or, or a good relationship in order to speak into that, um, to help help her grow in that area if that is something she wants to in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if one question to answer or question to ask might just be, is that something you think you could grow in right now? Um, just as a way to sort of invite Katie to take ownership in, in it or not, you know, if, if the answer is no, I, I feel content with that, then maybe might that might be in the flow chart of addressing the situation might make you take a different branch of the tree, so to speak, um, to mix about eight different metaphors in one sentence. Well, I think one, one other thought too is, you know, I think there, there's potentially, you know, maybe some, some common lies, you Mm. know, you know, there's a, a lie potentially that she's believing that many others believe as well, which is, there will one day be a time when I'm not so busy mm, where I can't prioritize this. Sure. When the reality is, you know, we all know, you know, so even a question like, okay, so, you know, maybe helping her sort of discover that mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. That, that really you could always make that, you know, whether you're a high school student, a college student, you know, newly married, mm-hmm. new family, like when is, when are you not going to be busy? Yeah. You know? And if she could discover like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably something that I'm, I shouldn't be okay with. Yeah. So, yeah. But if she can discover that, I think on her own without you, I mean, you can help her along the way by asking questions. Yeah. Um, and kind of leading her in that. But I think ultimately, you know, I think that would be one thing that would be helpful for her to sort of recognize. Yeah. You know, that there's nothing, well, you know, it's true that she's busy. There's likely not going to be a time in her life where she's not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wade, you looked like you had something to add over there, brother. Well, there's the in the moment at group <laughs> conversation. Yeah. That you've got maybe two to three minute window when Katie says, I'm not reading my Bible. I don't have time. I'm busy. Yeah. To maybe asking a few questions, but you probably can't spend the rest of the evening diagnosing the issue. So, yeah. You put a little. Uh, Put that Put in. Put a pin in it. Yep. Yeah. And follow up with the coffee. So mm-hmm. when you're in the coffee conversation, mm-hmm. I think what you want to do is you want to bring things back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think helping her make the connection and see if she is is seeing the link between um, 
scripture is is the Father speaking about Jesus the Son to his people mm-hmm. by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think of Hebrews 1. I have it here with me. Here we go. Amazing. Okay. Look Look at all the riches Are you about to read Christ. the Bible on I here? I am. Here we go. Here we go. Long ago at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. And then he just names all these wonderful things about Jesus. He's the heir of all things, creator of the world, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's purified us from our sins, and right now he is sitting on the throne of majesty on high. And then the argument of Hebrews jumps from chapter 1 to chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest Uh we drift away. So sure. the argument, got this from John Piper recently, so brilliant. Argument is I know the him. Bible yeah. shows the brilliance of Christ. Therefore, let us listen to it and, and hear God's word because in it we find the, the life in Christ mm. and the glory of Christ. So because that's, that's how anyone gains, gains traction is seeing Jesus, beholding Christ. And so finding some way to go on an adventurous prayer journey with Katie and mm-hmm. see, okay, let's begin praying about this every week that you begin to have a growing appetite and hunger to see Jesus. And if you want to see Jesus, you'll read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, you see Jesus. They're a married couple. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, praying that together over a period of time and then watch the Lord work. Great. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Now, let me change this scenario ever so slightly. Mm. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. Katie shares this. Doesn't really have time for the Bible right now. And you you follow up. You say, hey, is there ever a time when you, you did have time for the Bible? What, what did it look like? We followed you know, Doug's wonderful train of thinking there. And um, she says, you know, if I'm honest, there, there have been. There have been plenty of times when that's been true. And I think if I'm honest with myself, I think the real issue is I, I do have time. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. I just don't. I, I Lately, I open my Bible, and I read it, and I feel nothing. Hmm. I Every single word I understand, I feel like I'm understanding what the passage means. There's no problem with me digesting it. It's a matter of I, I just don't find my heart rejoicing in it. I don't find myself, I don't sense the Lord's power and presence as I read the Bible. That's what's really going on. Now, that <laughs> probably not a lot of people are going to get to the point where they're sort of that self-aware, but <clears throat> maybe they are. What would you say then to Katie, who, who is who just, you know, obviously in a moment of real vulnerability said, I think the issue here is I just, I'm not really wanting it and I'm not really enjoying it. And that's why I've, it's, it hasn't been a conscious thing, but I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Where might you start, Will? Yeah, I think that first I would start with, uh, haven't we all been there? Mm. That there have Sympathy. been... Yeah. periods of time certainly in my life where that has been the case in my bible reading where i am not seeing yeah seeing fruit seeing the lord uh yeah seeming like he's not present in that time um and i think that uh in those seasons um that there is i mean i think that's when maybe coming back to uh what wade was saying earlier that the the power of of prayer in that you know i think that uh there are um, ways that you can, uh, you know, learn to, I think, pray through a text and pray through maybe specific texts lends themselves more to this and 
the Psalms and other other places to um, help. I think that that again the the power of prayer in the reading of the word is is so important for the illumination uh, to to be able to see what's having the, to see what's there to see it come alive. And so, I would say that um, maybe helping her learn what it looks like to pray in her time of reading the word, if that's not something she's doing already, learning how to pray specifically the passages that she is reading to um, help those come alive. That would be maybe a place I would start. Um, sure. I That'd think, be a great start. Could yeah. I add to that? Go for it. I think he's spot on. I think, yeah. one, we can all relate to that on some level. So mm-hmm. making her not feel unusual. Yeah. Right? Two, not just can we all relate to it. There's a reason Psalm 85 is in the Bible. Yeah. Right? Tell me more right now. Should I? Please. Psalm 85. Listen to what it says. Yes. Subheading, revive us again. Okay. Right? Lord, you were favorable to our land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what the Lord God will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but... Let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. The glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. I think Psalm 85 is in the Bible for times just like that, mm-hmm. where you feel spiritually stale. Yes. You know? And really, you have a you have a sort of pattern here to follow, you know. The the I think proclivity within all of us in those moments is to drift further and further into staleness. Mm. Um, Psalm eighty five starts by saying, "Crying out to God, yeah. remembering His faithfulness, mm-hmm. right, and asking Him to re- to uh, provide the restoration that." you're in need of yeah you know? and and just that the pattern there of, of the fact that you know calling out to him and he will deliver he will show up in big ways um and you know I, to me i i would i would stay very close to psalm 85 in a season like that you know? yeah the other thing i think too is is you know there's got to be i think i think going back to what will said at the very beginning you know making i think oftentimes as leaders we can put really high expectations on our people mm-hmm. right and for some people, just one step in the right direction is what's needed. Yeah. Identifying, okay, what is it? Where have you felt that before? As you've read the Bible, if yeah. she can identify, hey, these are places in the Bible I've read, and I've really, you know, like let's let's try to go after small wins, yeah. you know, and yeah. let her experience some of God's reviving work, so that it would right. hopefully, yeah. you know, start a sort of a cycle. Yeah, There's more and more of that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible. Those are good things. Um, and what I love, I've thought about this a a lot in terms of sort of group ministry. And as we help, help make disciples, um, make whole disciples, uh, is the principle of it's, I think it's, is Isaiah 40, the bruised reed, the smoldering wick. Um, anyway, the, the prophet Isaiah talks about Jesus in saying that, uh, of him, that he, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. Um, says a little differently based on version because they didn't have wicks back then. 
um, and so forth. But the point being, you know, when Christ sees damaged, um, frail, fragile, uh, a wick that is smoking, uh, that's a wick that barely has life in it. It's, it's sort of right on the verge from going from warm to cold and kind of extinguished. And when Jesus sees things like that, he doesn't say, ah, what a disappointment. Uh, might as well just lick my finger and put it right over the edge into coldness and deadness. Rather, uh, he gathers it up in his hands. He blows it, fans it into flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever Christ finds in us, he finds treasurable mm-hmm. and valuable. And so I think, at, you know, that's where I would, I love what um, Will said, and I love where you started too, Doug, which is um, to just to simply affirm and rejoice over the, the fact that you even have the, the sort of self-awareness to say, I'm not reading my Bible right now, mm. is an indicator of spiritual life itself. Agreed. That's, that's a spark of life. Yeah. Right. Um, and it ought to be encouraged and nourished and honored. Um, and it ought to be fanned into flame. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do that by bringing it to the Lord and not sort of hiding our shameful whatever it is, uh, but by bringing it to him. Um, I had one other thought, but Wade is... Uh, feverishly flipping through his Bible, and uh, my senses, my sp- spidey senses are tingling. I discovered something. Here we go. Something glorious. Okay. A word recently. And Super it, spicy meatball. It's around. You know, it's close to it. Okay. Brother. And it's around this this theme here about how to how the Lord Jesus approaches uh, Bruce Reed, and how we are then to conduct uh, the same sort of ministry and care and compassion to others. First Corinthians. Many of us know 1 Corinthians is a book full of uh, terrible wickedness in the church, divisions, sexual sin, idolatry, uh, lots of ungodly things happening. And Paul, at the beginning of his letter, spends the time focusing on uh, giving thanks to God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. And you are not lacking in any gift but you are rich and full in Christ and Jesus will sustain you to the end guiltless on the day of our Lord Jesus. And then at the end, I didn't know this. I knew that at the beginning, but I did discover this. Paul, the way he ends the letter, he says two things. He says, number one, this is verse 23 of chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Number two, my love be with you in Christ Jesus. Amen. There you go. That's ministry. How do you approach people in the church who are struggling in some way? Mm. Katie's not causing division in the church. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. But she's struggling. Well, Paul says you, you've got to figure out a way to approach those type of strugglers with a sandwich of mm-hmm. the grace of the Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and I love you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So. That's great. If I were to end on sort of a uh, Real practical note, I know, you know, when I've encountered this situation, I think, you know, I've heard from these brothers is, hey, where's a small place to start? Where can, where is there sort of already spiritual spark and availability, openness, interest to bring one's heart to the Lord, whatever, in that moment of vulnerability? Uh, Affirm it, capitalize on it, honor it, that kind of thing. But what might sort of, for someone who's, who's in that spot where it it may be at least a half truth for many of us, you know? Time is short. 
and time is, you know, we're, there's a lot going on in many of our lives. Uh, may require some rearranging my priorities, but I, I can think of, for instance, uh, let me finish my sentence, but um, it could be that there might be just some, a small next step that is available to, to us um, in terms of resources that are out there or something, something small that we could encourage someone toward. Um, I know one young man that I've uh, discipled for some time, and uh, when he, when I talked with him about sort of what it would look like for him to grow in Christ, this was something that he brought up, which was just consistency in the word. And this was a young man. I won't name his name because I haven't asked his permission, uh, but resident in medical school, uh, two children under the age of three, um, you know, married, wife working on a PhD. Just I don't know if anyone I've ever met had the kind of time constraints working, you know, 70, 80 hours a week as a resident, plus another full-time, you know, it was just a bonkers life he was living. I didn't understand how it worked. Um, but when he said this to me, I, my, my first thought was, I, yeah, I'm not sure you do. <laughs> um, I, I tended to think, I think I might agree. You might, you might need to find, make time for it or double use some time. And so the, what I told him was, do you have time on your commute? where you could listen to an audio book or an audio Bible. Um, there's a resource made by a church that I like. I don't know. I think we would all say we are big fans of Coram Deo in Omaha, um, gospel loving church uh, led by Bob Thune and who's written some really helpful resources for me at least. And um, their church puts out a podcast called the daily liturgy podcast. And it's sort of a 10 minute or so a little longer Um prayer, uh, passage from the Old Testament, passage from the New Testament, sort of time of confession. It's basically a sort of a guided little uh, devotional moment for those who, and they specifically made it for people who are sort of, especially those who are in the medical profession or their students or whatever, who would say, like, you know, Katie in our little example, um, I have no time for this. Is there a time where while you're walking to class or while you're, you know, in your incredibly busy life to at least make time for like, for something like that? Is there anything else that comes to mind for you guys? Yes. Yeah. Magnificent free podcast called In the Lord I Take Refuge by Dane Ortland. Yeah. And it's uh, the ESV, the whole Psalms in the ESV, mm-hmm. and then four paragraphs of reflection on how that psalm ties to a major theme in the Bible mm-hmm. and then directly fits into who Christ is for you with wonderful, helpful applications at mm-hmm. the end. And you're done, pr- most of them, you're done within seven to nine minutes. That's I great. I think it's one of the most marvelous things. There's also a book copy of it you can get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is, that personally was, I went through that first season. It was just marvelous. I've read through the whole thing. It's great. Um, it, that was my nighttime psalm reading for quite some time. Um, I've recently picked up uh, Into His Presence, was written by, um, who is it? Tim Chester. Tim Chester. Yes. Uh, a great guy, great pastor who uh, wrote that. So Puritan Prayers, that's become my new sort of nighttime prayer time thing. Anything else you guys would add? Sort of something that in your mind is kind of, here's what might be a good, just a small next step in terms of p- practical resources, something you might point people toward. Katie, have you thought about hopping onto this? Well, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I affirm all the things you guys have said. There's a few mm-hmm. that I can think of, but I think the point is there's so many. Yeah, I mean, that's so right. many, right? Yeah. 
I think to kind of add on that, I think I would challenge her, like what you had said before. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those times in your day where you can where you can capture? Yeah, you know, provide her a handful of resources. Mm-hmm. Hey, while you're walking the dog, yeah, or while you're, you know, what are the little habits in her day while you're commuting to work, whatever. Yeah. Uh, when that when those things make sense. So, but I just I would just say, there's so many in our yeah. day and age. Yeah. So. We're never lacking for content, it seems. So, like this podcast, for example. There you go. There you go. Great. All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks for talking about that with me. And uh, great. Let's do this again sometime. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you, Parkview, and uh, keep stay tuned. And I'm sure we'll have more of this coming your way.